Welcome to Reinventing Nerds. Dr. Joni Cannell shares communication strategies for technical people. She shares her own stories of learning to communicate and brings in other nerds and experts to show you how to interact with people in a way that's comfortable for you. And now, here's your host, the uniquely qualified engineer turned psychologist, Dr. Joni Cannell. Hello and welcome to Reinventing Nerds. Today we have Sanjeev Prabhakaran. He is a senior executive and entrepreneur with over 30 years experience in software development, management, technical architecture, in mobile and web applications, just for so many different types of applications and industries. Um, but in early 2002, he founded Bytes Inc., uh, which provides low-cost, and rapid software outsourcing and project management services. But in addition to Sanjeev's impressive career in tech and leadership, he's also a philanthropic role model. And I think it's really important for us all to listen in and to what he has to say about how he makes a difference. And uh, we have a lot to learn. So we'll get to that toward the end of the episode. But first, I want to welcome Sanjeev. Welcome, Sanjeev, to the episode. Thank you, Joni. Appreciate that. Uh, it should be a fun session. I always uh, look forward to speaking with you, so that's <laughs> good. Oh, good. I'm so honored to have you as a guest today, and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule for both all of your hard work and philanthropy. So uh, let's get right to the point. <laughs> Yeah, um, it makes sense, especially after the holidays. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to start out with a little bit of nerd speak, I would guess. So you could talk to our audience here specifically and tell us, in your own words, what you do at Bytes Inc. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Bytes, uh, it's kind of like I wear multiple hats journey. Uh, you know, my primary role is, is uh, developing the business side of that, but uh, I end up you know, entering into the marketing role, the sales role, uh, and, uh, you know, many times the project management role of, of dealing with the clients. You know, and that's, so it's a mixed uh, set of things that I do at uh, Bytes, and, um, and it's, it's a fun, uh, um, uh, challenging, um, and exciting thing for the past, uh, what, no, it's 17 years. <laughs> 17 years, and it sounds like you have your hands in uh, a variety of areas there. You're uh, the CEO right yes that's yes. correct yeah so, yeah um, um i mean the core you know way to explain what bytes does uh, is just you know bringing up a simple example uh, okay. of what we do um if that helps i mean a good good example is um, a um, you know a, a project that we did for a for a custom tailor uh, which was um, pretty interesting because what these guys typically do is uh, is go to a big warehouse with a bunch of recruits that uh, come in from the military base. This is down in uh, Point Loma. And mm -hmm. they have to take measurements of all these candidates. And they would walk in with a big, you know, three by four sheet of paper, collect all the, you know, information that they need. And it's usually a one hour session that they collect all that. But it's things that happen after that, that takes a long, long time. And generally they found that it takes almost um, uh, five or six weeks before the tailor can send an invoice. So, so we ended up, you know, we looked at that operation, we saw how that workflow could be improved, 
And that's what we do at Bikes, is really figuring out a way to, to save time. And we built a mobile app for them that saved them almost uh, 15 hours of labor each week. So, so that's a typical example of, of what we do at Bikes. Oh, that could save them a lot of money too. 15 hours a week on so many people you said coming through through the military. That would be a lot of, a lot of clients. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Because they, they do about 5,000 alterations every week. So wow. you can imagine the amount of manual labor that goes through that. And, and <laughs> by the way, we could provide a, 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 a nice, interesting and kind of motivating app for them, which the people who took the measurements were so excited when they saw the tablet that all they had to do was punch buttons instead of manually writing down all that information. So that's saved them a lot of time, but at the same time motivated the whole team, which is pretty interesting. Huh. So how does it motivate the whole team as well? That's really interesting. Yeah, because, you know, if you think about it, previously they would walk in with this big three-by-four sheet of paper, and some one person would have to write down all the all the measurements. Another person, you know, who is taking the measurements has to mark the dresses with chalk and whatever. But it's the person who is taking the measurement that spent the most time because they have to call out each person, look at the candidate, and, and jot down, you know, find the name, jot down the measurements. And by changing all that into a process where you just pull up the name on a tablet and just punch a few buttons to collect that information. They they saved just the time in collecting that information, which was typically took them almost an hour to two hours, down to like thirty minutes. So it kind of helped them to increase production, increase. So it's an overall increase in motivation. Right, and it'd be more the more interesting aspect of the work rather than just data entry. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Made it made it more fun for them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, meaningful work is what it's all about today. So getting something where people can focus on the actions yeah. as opposed to just entering in the information, I could see that could really motivate people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, this tailor was, you know, it was kind of their primary business and they were locked in there for almost 50 years as a family business. Huh. But seven years ago, the military came and said, you need to computerize this uh, paperwork won't work anymore. <laughs> so fortunately, yeah. they found us, and that's how the project started about seven years ago. They still use it. We just launched a new update to their software for the last month. So it's an ongoing process, and that's kind of what is fun about it. It's, it's, it's a very interesting client, yeah. Huh. That is interesting. Well, that's that's uh, something that you've done recently, but you've had lots of leadership experiences before Bytes, and I would love for you to tell our listeners and viewers a little bit about that, you know, like uh, more corporate, going up the ladder, what kinds of yep. positions you had. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I was pretty much uh, spent a lot of my time in the Bay Area. Uh, before 2000, I was about 14 years in the Bay Area, and I was working through at least I would say three or four companies where um, I started as a programmer writing code and <laughs> eventually uh, kind of climbed up the ladder, became a manager and, and, and led small teams in, in building these uh, different kinds of uh, systems that we were developing for our clients. So it was a different environment. You're working for somebody and you're, mm -hmm. you're following some instructions and building stuff. But you know, it was fun in those days, um, and uh, you know, it came a time where I was you know, looking at uh, opportunities to grow further and become more independent. And uh, and so in 2000, I found a, a, a nice opportunity here in San Diego, and that's how we came down. And this was 
essentially coming in as a VP of, um, of engineering and R&D for a small uh, software company that actually dealt with real estate software. So it was pretty interesting to come into a company where, you know, it was kind of different from what I was doing before, but it was still all software. It was building technology and building uh, tools that will help uh, uh, clients eventually, uh, you know, improve their operations, improve again, like motivation improves when you have some cool technology coming in. And, and that's kind of how it, it went from, you know, reaching that position of, of leading a whole team of 20, 30 engineers uh, into developing cool stuff. So, so that's kind of the transition of all the path I went through, you know, reaching, reaching the way uh, San Diego. Well, you know, this shows all about the people side of this mm-hmm. technical leadership. So I'm curious, you went from coding to managing teams. Yep. Uh, what was that transition like? That, that was pretty fun. You know, <laughs> when you think about it, you know, you are, yeah, as a coder, as a programmer, you're working with the team, just listening to your bosses and following mm-hmm. instructions, obviously, you know, provide input based on your experience. Uh, but you always had a kind of a fixed goal and you know you knew what 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 you were you know trying to accomplish uh, but when you're getting into more responsible role the the biggest uh, thing that you run across is uh, team culture and and how you integrate you know especially when you have uh, you know teams from from different regions and different countries also and how do you integrate that and and have a meaningful uh, you know, cohesive uh, uh, outcome at the end. Uh, so, so, how so, did you do this? Yeah, it, it, it was fun. I mean, it was you know initially obviously running through a lot of stumbling blocks, um, but you gradually try to understand you know what the other end is trying to do or trying to say. Sometimes, uh, you know, language can be interpreted in a different way, and so I had fortunately I was dealing with uh, uh, teams from India where I knew a little bit at the background of, you know, how to deal with those people. And, and you know, sometimes a nod is a shake and a shake is a nod. Oh, <laughs> <So> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a big difference. In uh-huh. India. You know, a lot of people, they, they, nod, they don't nod like this. When they say yes, they, they, they kind of, you know, shake their head. Oh, that is interesting. That it's a yes. <laughs> okay. So it is sometimes interesting to, to realize that. And, uh, and other than that, there are a lot of other little nuances that, that you pick up when when people say things. Yeah. So sometimes, uh, you know, you find people are hesitant to say no to certain things when they don't mm-hmm. know how to do it. You know, they'll say yes, but you know, you know, as uh, based on your experience, that that person is is not really capable of doing it, but doesn't want to say that he cannot or she cannot do it. So understanding those kinds of uh, differences and challenges, uh, you know, it's a, it's a learning process. It takes time and, you know, you can definitely uh, read some books or go through a, a culture class and kind of learn some of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it, just, it, did, it did take some time to kind of figure those things out. Right. And uh, for the different cultures, I mean, luckily, you had experience yeah. in both cultures, American and, and Indian, so you could... Uh, did you? Yeah, but maybe not all of your team members did. So you might have had That's to uh, yeah. explain some of that or mediate. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was kind of uh, you know getting getting um, you know some sometimes a one on one conversation and and uh, you know helping people understand this is what mm-hmm. happened. 
And that's one way to kind of build the team spirit to make sure that everybody has a single goal at the end is to deliver, you know, whatever the project is and, uh, and trying to minimize friction between, between the team members. Uh -huh. So it took, it took a lot of one-on-one uh, -on -one sessions with uh, either with a group of, you know, two or three individuals or sometimes it's one-on-one -on -one with, with each individual. Mm -hmm. But in the end, um, it was a fun experience. Yeah, it was kind of, you know, helped me grow into a role where I started realizing, you know, that now I need to be uh, aware of, you know, how to be patient with people, how to, how to understand each other's, uh, you know, um, differences in how they communicate and, uh, and trying to build that, build that team spirit, you know, yeah. as, as um, you know, seamless manner as possible. So it was, it was fun and challenging. <laughs> I love that you brought up patience. That's something that people don't often articulate mm -hmm. well, but that's exactly what people need is, uh, yeah, to be able to listen, uh, mm -hmm. to be able to uh, persevere, to understand Correct. and Correct. accept differences. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. All of those falls into that, into that category. And, uh, and, you know, for, you know, my background has always been, you know, uh, I grew up with that nature of, you know, being as patient as possible. And mm -hmm. so that helped in, in that uh, migration from a programmer to a leadership role that definitely helped. Um, the other, you know, things that really help is, is um, building that trust with the team member. That's mm -hmm. crucial. And also the discipline part, you know, how, how you can be uh, disciplined and at the same time helping the team understand, you know, how discipline helps with uh, not only being uh, on time for for things to be delivered, but also being uh, proactive and uh, uh, being quite open about things that cannot be accomplished. Or sometimes uh, you run into roadblocks, and making sure that everybody is comfortable in in bringing that up. And so having that trust between team members is very crucial. And you know, it's it's something you you grow into, and you you learn how to how to manage that process. And in that process, sometimes you find team members that may not fit into that into that team, so you mm -hmm. end up replacing those people or letting them get onto you know better place where they they fit in, and finding somebody else who can fit into our team. So that structure sometimes happens uh, in the process. Sure. Yeah, that's the hard part, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because you you spend so much time training, but the earlier you realize that, the better. So, mm -hmm. so you don't waste uh, the entire team's time and jeopardize the project or a client's uh, deliverable. Well, that that yeah. I mean, it sounds like trying to make sure that you learn after a while, at least, you would learn what you're looking for in a team member. Uh, when you're bringing them on board, so that you might have some kind of process for that too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's a, a, a key part of uh, transitioning into into that leadership role is is uh, trying to understand that, that uh, those differences. Yeah. So you talk about working directly with your teams, but you also worked as a VP of engineering. So you were probably working mm -hmm. with a well, you said it was a smaller company. Was it sort of similar kind of issues, or were you dealing with different things when you move up to that level? Um, most of the things are very similar, but the, uh, the additional thing that you, that you run into is, um, you know, internal politics, which mm -hmm. happens pretty much 
in in many companies that you go into, right? And and how do you juggle that that aspect where you're dealing with a uh, with a VP of marketing or your CEO who needs certain things done, right? Uh, but how do you communicate that? To uh, to them in a meaningful way, where it doesn't jeopardize the team's deliverables or or how the team performs, you know, because that is a critical thing, uh, kind of like a delicate balance between between the upper management and the rest of the rest of the team members. Uh, so that's something I learned on the way, along the way. You know, you go up a few times and yep. uh, and you you ruffle some feathers there that happens and, and but at the same time it's 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 a believing in what what can be done and what can be accomplished in a reasonable way and uh, letting upper management know that you know these are some of the hurdles that you run into you know we may be able to deliver something but it might not be the perfect uh, product and and so being mm-hmm. aware of those kinds of challenges so so that's that's the delicate balance that, that, we, that I had to kind of learn and, and understand and, um, you know, kind of, kind of uh, go through that whole, whole uh, scenario. So did you have to learn it all the hard ways and like the school of hard knocks just as you go? Or did you have any mentors or any like uh, more formal training? How right. did you develop yourself? Yeah, unfortunately, no, I didn't go through any formal training. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but- <laughs> You know, because you come into a role and uh, and it's always like things have to be done like yesterday. So, right. so you're, you're running crazy, getting things done. Uh, but I had a few mentors for sure that really guided and helped me uh, in, in kind of going through that process. And, uh, and especially the CEO that I had when I came to San Diego was very understanding. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I had to realize that he had investors on his back that were putting money into the company. So, so he had pressure on his end, uh, but he was very um, understanding from the technology aspect, which was good because he understood technology to, to a certain degree and that helped. But that mm-hmm. may not be the situation in many, many cases, right? I mean, CEOs uh, generally are running around, building the business and, and bringing money into the company and things like that, uh, that, uh, the rest of the team, whether it's marketing or sales or engineering, R&D, they have to really you know, work together to figure that out. So that was mm-hmm. one of the key things when I came into this company here was really building that trust between the peers, like the VPs of marketing, VP of sales and all those people to kind of come together and understand and show them you know, what really happened. So I would have uh, sessions with our uh, development team trying to bring in the sales and the marketing people and say, hey, this is kind of what we go through. And what, you know, so, so they see, at the same time, I go to their meetings to understand mm-hmm. what is the challenge of their. So having that kind of a structure definitely helps. That makes a lot of sense. So mm-hmm. it's not just managing down, managing your teams. You're really managing uh, your mm-hmm. peers too and, and managing up with the, the politics and just uh, your colleagues. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That that's the best way to have a very cohesive team, and uh, you know, being able to deliver what is promised and and not over promising and then failing on that. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that is a tough challenge. Yeah, and it's a problem with most companies. You know, most uh, especially startup companies. That's one of the biggest challenges that that you run into. 
Oh, so tell me more, because now I was I was just about to get to bites. Yeah. So, so okay. you moved into that role now as as leading the company. Yes. So yeah, what? How did right. that change what you had to do? And now it sounds like you're doing everything. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So it, it, in some sense, it, it was a good transition. Um, you know, where uh, you, um, uh, you you learned a lot. In the in the role as a VP, where you're almost like running your own company, uh, okay, small division, right? Yeah. But there have a lot of other challenges. You can now, uh, by starting bites, you're getting into the situation of uh, P and L, profit and loss. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, things that you worry about, uh, employees that you worry about, payroll, meeting payroll, and like things like that that you worry about. So, so those things, you know, I, I took some time off after I left um, the, the previous company, which actually kind of went belly up after the 9-11 situation. And so oh. that's kind of drove me into, you know, thinking hard about starting something on my own. And, uh, and it, it kind of uh, took about three months to, to do some soul searching and you know, figuring out if there's any other position that I could get into. Uh, but that time was pretty tough. You know, after the uh, 9-11, those, uh, uh, getting a new job was very difficult in those right. days. And, um, and so that's kind of led me into, into starting Bytes. And I always, you know, uh, was, uh, while working at um, this other company, was always thinking about, uh, there, is there an opportunity to, to do something on my own? So one of the key things uh, at that time was uh, our kids were growing. You know, they were they were kind of young, and in in uh, I think one was in the uh, uh, middle school, the other one was getting into elementary, and, and so I wanted to see how how I could spend more time with them. Right. And so that was another motivation factor in uh, in starting the company. And eventually, um, you know, I I just uh, uh, you know. To built up some courage and <laughs> went through some planning process and uh, talked to a few uh, mentors that that uh, uh, that I knew and gave me some uh, pointers and uh, uh, I think April of 2002 is when we uh, officially you know, launched the company launched the uh, the service and um, and so we were basically it was just myself at that time and I had a uh, um, a part-time uh, marketing person who was kind of a mentor for me also. Um, and and uh, the other part was the team was already established uh, because it kind of uh, fell off from the uh, previous company that went belly up. Okay. So, so I was already dealing with the technology team, uh, a remote team uh, that I was um, uh, managing anyway. And they also were impacted by the uh, by the uh, shutdown of the of the uh, company that I was working with. So we started talking and uh, figured out, you know, that we could potentially be a good uh, partner and there's a good synergy between both of them. And so, the, so, so I had the technology team available uh, to to do any kind of uh, project that we wanted to do. So they, so the Bytes team was essentially helping small to mid-sized companies. Figure out ways to save time in their operation and their workflow. That's, mm-hmm. that's the kind of focus of, of Byte, and and so we launched. And uh, you know, it was a slow first year. Was pretty slow. <laughs> we had to kind of as expected. As expected, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it took some time, and uh, fortunately, one of the 
attorneys I was working with uh, put me in touch with a company in Hollywood and uh, they had an interesting project and that kind of launched our first major project. And uh, huh. so it was fun. Yeah, that was a uh, chiropractic clinic that was struggling with their day-to-day -day operations with mm -hmm. their day-to-day -day challenges. Uh, I think they, uh, they had about, if I remember correctly, about five doctors that initially uh, was uh, working at that clinic and they had built a homegrown system uh, that was starting to choke up because they had grown from five doctors to 70 doctors. And so they were managing all of that with yes. a small homegrown system. So it was a perfect project for us because we knew exactly what had to be done and how mm -hmm. to scale up. And, uh, and uh, you know, after some negotiations, it uh, landed up as our first project. And, uh, and I think we spent about four months to really uh, give them a fantastic product that, uh, you know, previously they had reports that were taking almost 30 minutes to create a simple report. And with a new system that we built within, within uh, 20 seconds, they were able to get wow. the same. It was a huge difference. And, uh, and that itself was a, uh, was a very uh, uh, interesting uh, kind of a portfolio uh, showcase. For us. Yeah. yeah, that is interesting. You know, there's just one thing I want to uh, comment on too, because the examples that you give are just so real. They're things that everyone can understand. You know, uh, Taylor right. and chiropractors, and you know, having to mm -hmm. put data and reports into uh, the computers and all that. And it sounds like that that must be some of what's so um, what the talent at Bytes right. is really good at is understanding this and being able to communicate and, and deal with customers in everyday kind of situations. That, that is kind of what I, you, you put it in a, in a perfect way. You know, that's kind of the sacred sauce that we have. It's really, um, you know, our, our primary goal is how can we save time? But that is essentially evolving from, you know, what is the day-to-day -day workflow at a company? What is their operation? How can we, fine-tune that you know there are a lot of companies like these examples I gave you like this Taylor real estate appraiser you know which is another nice project we right. have think about these people they um, there's companies that are still using paper and you know excel sheets and you know rudimentary method to to do their job just if they haven't really given thought to you know what can be done to improve it so spending you know, half an hour with some of these people opens up their eyes into, you know, you're walking around with a supercomputer in your hand. <laughs> you know, how can we utilize that? You know, how can you, how can you, you know, bring uh, efficiency into the whole operation? And, and that's what uh, we'll, we end up doing is just spending a few minutes, uh, opens up uh, thoughts and ideas, and uh, we put together a, a nice system that uh, uh, is, um, you know, economical and uh, cost-effective and pretty much, you know, would pays the pays pays off in in maybe in the first six months of mm -hmm. uh, what it because you know it, if you think about uh, the amount of um, you know uh, productive time that a that a employee in the company spends if you can save half an hour of every day ten employees that's five hours a day it's forty hours a week that the company is saving and if you can put that to more productive use that's kind of what you know simple web applications and mobile apps can do and that's kind of what we leverage uh, uh, with yeah. the team interesting well sanjeev i promised our listeners that we would get to your philanthropic effort efforts too oh, so yeah. 
Let's okay. turn to that. I mean, where okay. we actually met was uh, through the Del Mar Rotary Club. And I know um, you've been involved with them for quite some time and, and leadership roles. So let's start there. Tell us a little bit about what you do with the Rotary. Sure, absolutely. You know, that is, uh, I think our members really enjoyed your talk and it was really good to hear that. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very uh, interesting story how I got into uh, the Rotary Club is about six years ago or seven years ago, I started getting this feeling that I need to be more involved with the community. And I started mm -hmm. looking for different kinds of opportunities. Uh, I think I spent some time with... Um, uh, the San Diego Food Bank. I spent some time with the uh, uh, San Diego Food Futures Foundation, which helps you know uh, kids from uh, getting them technical skills and mentoring them and helping them through their college life and getting getting them into better jobs, things like that. So those were pretty interesting uh, thing, but somehow it didn't uh, create the synergy that I wanted, and, uh, and eventually bumped into um, uh, this uh, Rotary Club through a friend of mine and. And I attended a few clubs and uh, uh, finally found that the Del Mar Solana Beach Club was the ideal fit for me from a lot of, lot of perspective. It was a smaller club, uh, much better engaged. They were they were small but mighty club because they had mm -hmm. projects that were amazing projects that they were doing. And uh, and that's kind of how I ended up you know joining that that club. About I think it was September of 2015 that I joined the club. And I went through different roles there, but primarily been helping them with their, you know, the key skill that I have, which is uh, internet. You know? So helping them as the internet chair, uh, with mm -hmm. a lot of things that spreading the word and uh, improving, increasing their membership. Those are the kinds of things that I help uh, the club with. And plus their major event every year is a big uh, bocce uh, ball fundraising event which now is combined with the beer fest so it makes it more interesting uh -huh. <laughs> and so yeah so last i think this is the second year we had the uh what is now called the bocce fest uh, so it's a combination of bocce ball competition uh, and and mind you it's very fierce competition that goes on there <laughs> <laughs> you bring out the competitiveness around yeah, yeah it brings it brings it out and uh, so last this uh, september we had about 300 plus People who attended and, uh, wow. and it was a pretty nice uh, event. Every September we have that, so hopefully next year you can make it and uh, probably we'll spread spread the word further and get more people in there. Well, I'm gonna have to start <laughs> you training. Get, you get local, <laughs> yeah, you get uh, local local breweries come in. We had about 12 breweries this time that came and shared their beers. It was really nice. Huh. And, uh, so that's uh, that's I mean that was the biggest uh, attraction is the various projects that they that they do. Yeah. And, um, and and um, another club, another group that I'm very passionate about is the Bianca, uh, which is uh, Be Involved, um, Act Now, Champion Autism uh, project. Uh -huh. They they focus on autistic kids and how to enhance their lives and how to improve uh, bringing technology or whatever is required to kind of improve their lives. And uh, and and recently I heard UCSD is. Uh, is there's a guy there, a, a professor there, who is doing some research in, in in coming very close to a cure for autism. So that's very encouraging. Wow. So Bianca is trying to uh, raise funds to help support that also, and, and various other programs. So those are, uh, I would say, two of my favorite ones right now. <laughs> so yeah. this is so interesting, though, because, I mean, just in terms of our audience here, some of mm -hmm. what you contribute is uh, your, your skill that you have. In, right. 
you know, and programming or whatever on the internet, knowing that, but also I would say leadership, right? Since you've been uh, doing this, you're, you're helping to, yeah. to run things as well. So you no, have a lot I, to offer. Absolutely. I mean, that's what the whole thing about philanthropy or volunteerism, volunteer work is, you know, bring, bring your skills, what you can and help the club grow or, or, the, or the organization grow and spread the word. Right. I mean, that's, kind of what uh, what I find is interesting about some of these groups is they really help you to, I mean, they really help in uh, synergizing with the individual quite well. And so you've got to find that each person has to find it. And it doesn't, you know, you may have to try a few things and like I did a few things and eventually landed on, on these two that really, uh, you know, jive with my uh, goals and my uh, passion. So if people are thinking about getting involved in the community, you're saying shop around a little bit and see where right. there's the right fit for your exactly. skills and interests and yeah, and just the right group as well. Right? Exactly. Yeah. That, that makes a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> well, this has been really interesting. If people want to get in touch with you after the show, Sanjeev, how would they yeah. do that? Um, so our website is, is the best way, uh, which is bytesinc.com, B-Y-T-E-S-I-N-C.com. Uh, email, um, we can put it out on, on your podcast, but it's basically Sanjeev, my first name, S-A-N-J-I-V, at bytesinc.com. And uh, phone number is uh, 888-988 and then bytes, B-Y-T-E-S. Uh, or my, uh, you can reach me directly. Anybody can reach me at 619-933-3366. Well, that's courageous to put your direct line out there for people yeah. to, to get in touch with you. I love it because that means that you really are open to talking to folks. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and people can easily find me on LinkedIn. So that's mm -hmm. another way I communicate mm -hmm. and uh, reach out to people. So that's, that's really, uh, uh, it's always fun to talk to people and, and that's one of the key things we do is, um, you know, in any project we, we talk to people, uh, we spend a few hours pro bono trying to understand what's, what's uh, involved before we jump into a proposal. Right. Well, that sounds good. And people might also have some questions about bocce ball too. No, I'm just Absolutely, kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> would, I would definitely like to promote that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. our time has flown by. So Sanjeev, wow. thank you so much for being a guest on Reinventing Nerds. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just want to add at the end that, uh, you know, for anybody who would, was interested, you know, especially nonprofits, we offer a 20% discount on, on ah, good. pricing. So that is quite important for people to know that, uh, you know, we do care and appreciate mm -hmm. all the organizations that, that do a lot of work for the, for the general public. Oh, I'm really glad to hear that. And that's uh, so nonprofits call mm -hmm. bites and get a, a great uh, productive increase um, at a discount. So there we are. Absolutely. Thank you, Junie. That's really good. <laughs> Well, thank you. And thanks to our listeners and our viewers. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We're here at ReinventingNerds.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Reinventing Nerds and encourage you to apply what you learned to help you communicate better. For a free consultation with Joni to see how she can help you further, please visit ReinventingNerds.com. Until then, embrace your inner nerd and remain true to yourself while you develop your communication strategies.